Welcome everybody to our 8 a.m. devotional. So glad that you're here. If you don't know, my name is Tim Liston. I'm a lead pastor at New Hope Church in Texas. And so wherever you're joining us from, we would love to hear from you. So just comment and let us know who you are, where you're from, and uh, maybe even as some people have been doing, which is pretty cool on uh, Facebook, they've been taking a picture of of uh, where they are and posting it there. And that's pretty cool too. So uh, I'd also encourage you to do this. You know, there's a lot of bad news. If you watch the news, you're gonna see bad news. That's what the news is right now is bad news. Um, so when we come here, you don't need to hear the news from me, uh, the bad news, because you can get that on 20 different channels if you, if you really want it. Um, the reason that we're getting together like that is because we need, like this, is because we need some good news. And so every day, what we've been doing is we've been going through the book of John, just starting at the beginning, and I've been reading through it and making comments on it as we go, and <clears throat> I hope it's been an encouragement to you. And as I have repeatedly said now, I think the, something I didn't see happening was that people would be encouraging each other. So as you're commenting, uh, if you have a prayer need of any kind, put it on there. And others of you who see that prayer need who are also uh, watching the comments, just breathe a prayer for those folks and maybe let them know or even write out a prayer for them. And let's just be the church, man, right? Be the church. So I uh, moved to this location yesterday. The, actually, the guys moved me to this location. They moved me out of the booth. And it's just me and one, two, three guys here with me right now. And, and so they set me up down here in the auditorium at the 288 campus. And if you've ever been here, you know that a lot of weeks this place is packed. I'm just thinking back to about a month ago, maybe it was Revive Weekend. <clears throat> this place was so packed, so packed. And there were, there were, that's when our students were in the room with us and hundreds of students and the same at every campus, the students showed up in the adult worship and, and so packed here in this auditorium that kids were sitting on the floor in every aisle uh, during the sermon and up front as uh, Pastor Carl preached and just awesome. And now here I am in the same auditorium with one, two, three, four people. And it just goes to show you how quickly things can change and how quickly they have changed. And even though right now we are socially distant from each other, on purpose, we're supposed to have some social distance now. Um, even though we're socially distant from each other, uh, I just wanna encourage you that you don't have to live in spiritual isolation. We're gonna make it through this eventually, eventually, make it a little tougher sometimes. And for some of us, it may get real tough, but we're gonna make it through. We're gonna make it through. And the best way to make it through is together. So I encourage you to keep on showing up and keep on uh, being a part of our worship service on the weekend. <clears throat> and just so you know, uh, this weekend, instead of having a ton of services, we're just gonna have one service, just one service. That's gonna be on 9.45 on Sunday morning. And the reason that we're doing this is not to make your life more difficult. Uh, we're just trying to get everybody in the same room together because part of the encouragement that's gonna enable us to get through this is to know that we're not in this thing alone. And so I want you to be, you know, in cyberspace, but in the room together with all of us so that we can be an encouragement to one another. All right. Um, Grab a Bible, 
Grab a Bible. We're going to be uh, reading in the book of John again today. Today we are once again in chapter four. Pastor Brandon actually preached on this passage of scripture. Uh, when was it? Last Sunday? Sunday before last? Last Sunday? Man, I can't remember. I'm so sorry. Uh, so I'm not going to preach his sermon over again, but uh, since we are attempting to read the entire book together, let me at least uh, pass over this and read it as we go, and then we'll circle back. And I want to show you something that I, at least I find interesting that I think might be helpful in the situation in which we now find ourselves. This is uh, John chapter four. We're going to begin, let's <clears throat> see here, at verse 34, verse 30, or pardon me, verse 43, verse 43. Uh, after, the two, after the two days, he left for Galilee. So real, real quick, and I know if I stop all the time, we're not gonna get done, but if you were with us yesterday, then you will remember that he was in Samaria. He was in Samaria, he talked to the woman at the well, a woman that he wasn't supposed to talk to, uh, uh, the Samaritans who Jewish people weren't supposed to talk to. So he was there in sort of like enemy territory, but not really enemy territory, but uh, people who were very opposed to each other. He was there and he stayed for two days. He stayed for two days. And um, now he's headed to Galilee, which kind of was his home turf. He's headed out of this area which was supposed to be out of bounds for Jewish folks into an area which was in bounds for Jewish folks, which was, you know, where a lot of Jewish people were. And this is his home turf up in Galilee, verse 44. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there because everybody goes to Passover. If you're a good Jewish person, everybody goes to Passover. Verse 46, <clears throat> once more, he visited Cana in Galilee where he had turned the water into wine, which we covered a while back. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Okay, real, real quick, our Holy Land guide, uh, pronounces Capernaum, Capernaum. He pronounces it Capernaum, <laughs> Capernaum, uh, which which literally means the village of Nahum, the prophet. The only problem is that we have no record of Nahum being in that village whatsoever. But somehow that name has been used since ancient times. It's it's where Peter, the apostle Peter, lived, and he had a house right just there, just steps away from the water's edge of the Sea of Galilee. I'm talking about now the north side of the Sea of Galilee. <clears throat> he was a fisherman, which made perfect sense that he could dock his boat right there. But if you've ever seen pictures of the Sea of Galilee, then, then you know that uh, it's a beautiful spot and probably the pictures that you have seen of the Sea of Galilee were taken more than likely from this area or just south and on the west side there. Uh, arcing down toward Tiberias, because uh, that's where most people take pictures from when they go to the Holy Land. And I'm just telling you, it's an absolutely gorgeous area. I've described the Sea of Galilee like uh, Canyon Lake, only bigger. So it's not a sea really, it's uh, more of a big lake, <clears throat> but it is beautiful. And that northern portion there, the upper Galilee area, is where Jesus spent most of his time and where Jesus did most of his miracles. And what's cool about that part of the Holy Land is that a lot of it just lays there untouched. 
And uh, when I say that, I mean where Peter's house still is to this day, at least the ruins of Peter's house. It's basically untouched. And you can see the ruins of his house there that have had a church built over it and then a church built over that church that was built over Peter's home. And almost directly next to that, just a few steps away is the synagogue where Jesus often taught, which is uh, at least the base of it is still there. And then they've built on top of that and uh, the centuries passed and, and now it's in ruins once again after the the Crusades and so forth. But um, anyway, Jesus, this is where Jesus is hotspot. This is where he did a whole lot of miracles. And in, in this town of Capernaum, you can, uh, you can see Peter's house, you can see synagogue. If, if you look, I'm facing Peter's house now, but if you look directly behind you, uh, almost directly behind you, you can see the mount where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount. And if you go, so here's Peter's house. I'm looking at uh, Peter's house right now. Synagogue's right here. The Sea of Galilee's right here to the right. Uh, the uh, mount where Jesus gave the Sermon on the Mount is directly behind you. If you walk down to the water, which is uh, probably, what, Jordan, 100 yards? Maybe 100 yards down, you can stand on the water's edge. You can see the whole Sea of Galilee. And uh, it is an amazing, amazing spot. In fact, if you ever go to the Holy Land, uh, and I hope you do someday, and hopefully you can go with me someday, me and Jane, um, you need to read Matthew chapter five, verse eight before you go. Because in that spot right there in Capernaum, uh, chapters five through seven, he does the Sermon on the Mount, which is up right here, up here on the hill. And then he comes down the hill to Capernaum and he heals a lot of people. Uh, so many people are crowding around him that he goes and he gets in a boat, which is just down here a hundred yards. And he goes out into the lake and this storm blows up all of a sudden and uh, the disciples freak out and Jesus calms the storm. And then he gets to the other side, which you can see if you stand on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, look to your left, he gets to the other side, which was actually Gentile territory. And he runs into a demon possessed man, or actually that man runs into Jesus and Jesus heals him and he sends those spirits, uh, those evil spirits into the pigs. The pigs run down to the lake and drowned. And Jesus gets back in the boat and comes back over. And I'm just telling you, the reason I'm telling you this is because you can stand there almost in one spot and see Matthew chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven, and chapter eight. And the stories exactly where they occurred right in that area. I'm just saying Capernaum is an amazing, amazing place. And I've kind of gotten off the subject. Verse 47, <clears throat> when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and he begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And unless, this Jesus now, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies, which, <clears throat> which was his way of saying, I believe. He's, he's putting his trust in Jesus. My, my child is sick, my child is dying. Jesus, please show up, please show up. Verse 50, Jesus, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man, and this is important here, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. So he had faith, he had faith in Jesus and now he has faith in what Jesus says. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, 
They said to him yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that that was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. <clears throat> the first, uh, if you'll remember, is when Jesus turned the water into wine, which symbolized the passing of the old covenant of works now over to the new covenant of grace. And there's two things that I want you to see here about this story that we're talking about now. One is the location of where things happen, gives you another layer or gives you some clues as to why Jesus did what he did and said what he said. And if you were with us yesterday, you know that Jesus had spent a couple of days in Samaria, which was pretty much unheard of for a good law-abiding, upstanding Jewish person, uh, especially a teacher or a rabbi such as Jesus himself. <clears throat> but he had great success in Samaria. Lots of people put their belief in him as the Messiah, which is exactly what uh, we're supposed to do. But that was sort of like, and I, this is sort of a strong term, but that area was sort of like enemy territory for the Jews. Once again, they didn't get along, as I said yesterday. But he's leaving that area where Jewish people were not supposed to be, and he's going to his own area where Jewish folks are welcome. And, and yet we read this back, back to verse uh, 34, <clears throat> pardon me, 43, I keep saying it backwards. After the two days he left for Galilee, verse 44, now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. And he didn't most he did most of his uh, miracles in this region, in Upper Galilee, and yet most of the people who lived there still didn't believe. He, in fact, even pronounced a curse on this area. And this is over in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse uh, 20, 23 through 24. Matthew chapter 11, if you wanna write that down for later. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 through 24. <clears throat> Jesus says this, and you Capernaum, Will, be, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. That's not good. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, he's talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, the story back in Genesis 19, those cities that were destroyed because of their lack of belief. He said, if the miracles <clears throat> that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have, uh, the, the city would have remained to this day, but I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. And this is pretty wild. A little insight here. To this day, to this day, this area, is, it's beautiful, but it's only ruins. And, and I'm talking about the area around Capernaum. And if you go there, and someday I hope you get to go there, but this is prime lakefront property. And a lot of it down Tiberius and so forth has condos built on it and hotels built on it for the, the pilgrims and the tourists that come to visit Israel. But this is absolute prime territory, but it's still to this day, 2000 years later, it's in ruins. Now, honestly, that's better for us because it's not commercialized and we get to see things like uh, Peter's house and that old synagogue and so forth. <clears throat> so that's good. But the reason it's in ruins, I believe, is because they didn't believe in that area. They didn't believe Jesus, even though he did all these miracles. And Jesus knew that. Jesus knew that they totally didn't believe. 
and yet listen to me, he went right into the middle of that area, into this unbelieving area and made himself known. And the point that I wanna make right now, right here in this devotion, is that Jesus will walk right into the place where people are having a tough time believing and he will make himself known. And, and I dare say that would include right here, right now in our situation where things have changed so dramatically, where I'm sitting in an auditorium that's basically empty, where maybe you are going through a difficult time with your job, or maybe you've lost income, or maybe you're separated from family for whatever reason. And, and this, I'm just telling you, it's a difficult time, but, and, and, and because it's difficult for a lot of us, every now and then those doubts start to creep in. It's hard to believe that when you're in the middle of it, that God's gonna make a way. But listen to me, I want you to know something. Jesus can handle your doubts. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your fears. He can handle your anxieties. And I want you to know that he's walking with you right now, right in the middle of all this. And he's gonna do what he does. He's gonna make something good come out of something bad. He's gonna make something good come out of something bad. How's he gonna do that? I got no clue. <laughs> that's okay because I'm not God. He is. And that's what his promise is. That even though the devil would mean things in our lives for evil and to take us down, that God would intend those things to bring about good. And I know that we, we were told in Romans 8, 28, that all things, all things, that would include the bad things, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So I know that God has got a plan. I don't know what it is but I know that he's gonna make something good come out of this because that's what God does. So don't be anxious, don't be anxious. But even if you are, listen to me, Jesus is gonna show up. He's gonna make something good happen for you, for me, for our church family, for your family, for all of us. And uh, it may get, it may get, just being all honest with you here, it may get a little tougher before it gets better, but that's okay because God can take whatever and he can use it for his glory and for our good. I wanna pray for you. If you bow with me, please. God, uh, help us to trust you for what we need each and every day, for our daily bread. You've promised us daily bread and, and there's a lot of different uh, interpretations of that, but I just take it to mean that we're gonna have what we need when we need it. Your word tells us in Philippians that you're gonna supply all of our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And God, I thank you that even in our times of doubt, even when doubt starts to creep in a little bit, that you're still God. I pray, God, that you would do what you do, what only you can do. We're gonna keep on hoping, we're gonna keep on holding on to our tiny mustard seed of faith, but I pray that you would do what only you could do. God, heal the sick, protect the healthy, make up the difference for those who've lost wages, May our moments of doubt, instead of driving us away from you, drive us closer to you. I pray that you would take the bad and produce good from it, Lord. And to you be all the glory and honor and praise. And I pray this all in the powerful name of your son, Jesus, and all the people said, 
Amen. Guys, I'm glad that you joined us. Hopefully you can join us again tomorrow. God bless. We'll see you.